0: This is PASPA 2 People and Places brought to you by Jules Verne taking you around the world sharing memories and introducing you to the people at the heart of everything we do I'm Abby, and in this series I'll be delving into past adventures inside stories future journeys inspiring you to discover the wonders of the world I'm delighted that this episode is going to be all about India and the wonders that India has to offer. From the temples to the fortresses to the Rajasthan palaces to the wildlife experiences in the national park to relaxing with a drink in hand as the sea rolls in on the coast. India is truly magical and I am delighted to be joined by Vineet who's based in Delhi who's going to talk to us about his experiences growing up and now working as an ambassador and promoting the country. Sit back, relax, and let us transport you to India. <music> Hello, Vinny. How are you?
1: Absolutely fine and a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Oh, well, thank you for joining us in our podcast room here in London in the Jules Earn office. It's very exciting, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. That's really nice to be back here in London after about two and a half years of just not travelling anywhere. Yes. So, our uh, pleasure is all mine.
0: Ah, well, we're, we're pleased to have you in London. And um, India's open.
1: Absolutely. India is open and um, we are just looking forward to have you back with us and uh, all our guests I'm sure they're missing India as much as you are missing so uh, Definitely. everybody's welcome
0: I'm so excited I honestly I'm so excited India for me was the place that I didn't know what to expect but I thought I knew what to expect and then I arrived and yes it is an assault on all the senses but an amazing assault and Oh, honestly I love it it just captured my heart and I went in 2019 so obviously I'm eager to go back my mum's going I've got family members going all because of that one trip that I took with you so yeah it was it's fantastic I'm so glad it's open I'm sure you feel the same Yeah, you know,
1: India is um, India is a country of many colors many tastes many smells yes.
0: um,
1: and it's never once uh, is never enough for india so you have to come back oh, wow. and see an absolutely different side of what you must have seen uh, in your previous trip yes it can amaze you uh it can surprise you on every nook and corner so um and there's so much to uh, explore i think The thing about India is that more you explore it, more you fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and first time is and one time is never enough.
0: Definitely not. And I think that that's proven in the amount of things that you can do in India, the amount of things that there is off, you know, on offer to do. You can, yes, you've got your Golden Triangle, which I'm sure we'll talk about because that's probably the most iconic journey. But there's there's all sorts of places. I mean, is there a favorite place to you? Do you have a particular area in India where you're you think, oh, that's where I belong? Or
1: well, I, I'm from mountains, so okay. you, I was born in um, a place close to Shimla. So, of course, that's always closer to heart, of right? You born up there, born there, you brought up there. Uh, you love the fresh air, you live, love the place uh, mm-hmm. so much. So, I always love uh, to go back to Shimla and spend some time there, be with family. Um, but I'm also um, quite a wildlife person. So, um, another place that I spend most of my holidays is going into some of the national parks, and Ranthambore being one of them.
0: So, how many national parks is there in, in India? Roughly, do we know?
1: Officially, we have more than 20 national parks, okay. but uh, about five or six of them are very popular as far as uh, tourism is concerned, Ranthambore being the most popular name. Yes. We also have some very nice ones in Central India, which are, uh, so if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you would probably go to Central India and be in Bandhavgarh and Ghana, which are Very, very nice national parks. If you're doing a mixture of culture and a bit of wildlife, then you would club it with Golden Triangle and hop on to Ranthambore, which is fantastic for Ranthambore. I was there a few weeks ago and it was a mesmerising experience.
0: So I have to ask you, I've been to Ranthambore and I claim I saw the back of a tiger. Did you see a tiger?
1: Um, Guess how many?
0: Oh, I don't know. With the the smile on your face, I'm presuming it's more than my one back leg of a tiger. It's
1: definitely in two digits. (gasps) No! (laughs) We were lucky. We were lucky to see a mother with three cubs. And um, then of course, a few other tigers. So we spotted 11 of them in uh, about four safaris, different ones. And um, we also spotted a sloth bear. We also spotted a whole host of other animals. So it was a treat.
0: And so you were in the open-top vehicle doing the full safari experience and just on the hunt and you were lucky enough to see 11.
1: We did uh, four safaris, uh, morning and evening safaris. Yeah. And uh, we were really lucky and um, we captured some amazing pictures out of that place with the tigers, especially with the cubs. It's a joy to watch the cubs. I can
0: imagine the mother with her cubs. That must be magical.
1: Absolutely.
0: Ah, oh, so morning and evening safaris, do you prefer either one or do you find them different?
1: I always prefer morning. Uh, yeah. It's fresher, it's uh, cooler inside the park and, uh, of course, less noisy. Uh, not many people are up to getting up at 4.30 in the morning and going into the park. So it's always better to be in the morning safari. But having said that, you know, we've had some amazing sighting uh, even uh, later in the afternoon when animals do come closer to the water body and uh, probability is pretty good.
0: Gosh. So from what I remember with Ranthambore, it's divided into different zones, isn't it? Why is it? Why do you have sort of zone one, two, three, four, 2, 3, etc? What's the reason behind that? Um,
1: so it is more to do with conservation than anything else. And also to make sure that the park doesn't get overloaded with everybody going around in one uh, single place. Um, so we've got 10 zones in Rathambour. Um Zone 1 to 6, um, or rather 1 to 5 are on one side of the park. And zone 6 to 10 are on the other side of the park. Of course, they are interconnected. So what happens is uh, just to ensure that there is equal pressure on each of the zones, given at, at any given time, uh, only a particular number of vehicles are allowed in each zone. So, you know, you have a fair chance of spotting it and you don't actually disturb the wildlife. If you have everybody going at the same time in the same zone, then you will have a serious issue with the wildlife conservation.
0: Of course. I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? You want to see this amazing phenomenon of these tigers, but also you need to to keep back and and let that sort of ecosystem grow and protect it as well. So I think I didn't realize that was what the zones were for, but actually I think that's an amazing thing that you know you are you are doing there. It's fantastic.
1: Absolutely and the tiger population in India has really shown a huge growth over the last about 8 to 10 years. So okay. um we've been seeing quite good work being done by the uh, by the department there in terms of maintaining and even improving on the wildlife in India.
0: For me one of the biggest things when I came back was how I felt like I'd made friends with everybody. It was fantastic. Um, Yes, I did the Golden Triangle and Raffinbohr. I didn't kind of venture out from that stereotypical tourist journey and I can't wait to go back. But the memories I have are are fantastic. But do you feel the same the other way around? Obviously, India is one of the biggest tourist destinations in the world. People flock there year on year. Do you get the same feeling as we do when you're travelling around India? Do you feel like you're friends with everyone and you're making memories?
1: You know, culturally, India is, um, our our tradition says Atiti Devo Bhava, which means uh, guest is God. You don't differentiate between a guest coming from overseas to a guest coming from within India. We we are, as a community, always uh, welcoming to our guests coming in and tourists, are guests. So, yes, that feel is same. And uh, it's amazing the kind of experience you get, even if you're traveling within your own country with different, it's a large country. So, of course, cultures are very varied if you're traveling from north to south or east to west. But one thing that remains common is that people are always welcoming. People are always wanting to talk to you, wanting to interact with you, wanting to know about you and share their own uh, lives with you. Uh, So, yeah, that's something special about India.
0: Definitely. And I think one of the things that resonated the most with me was how, like we said, how welcoming people are, but the experiences. So one of the things that I did was we went to this, oh, she was beautiful inside and out, this beautiful lady's home. We went there and we had this cooking demonstration with her. She And we prepared this meal and we ate with them in their dining room and we looked at their wedding photos. And we just, And I just felt so loved that she, she opened her, her home and her heart to us in such a short amount of time. And I think those experiences are really personable and important. Do you do you do a lot of them in, in your role when you're traveling around India? Do you get to do these experiences?
1: So let me put it this way. Uh, we are in the business of creating experiences and 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 we say, come explore with us and come experience the country with us. So when we have to go and, you know, curate these experiences and also offer them to, to our guests, uh, of course, we have to see them. We have to experience them. But... Um, in India, you don't really need to go and look for an experience. You you uh, go around the corner and there's an experience for you. You <laughs> go around another place and there's a different experience for you. And that's what about this country is. Uh, your experience with a family, which kind of welcomed into their, into their home, into their lives. And there could be another set of experience where they're welcoming you to see how they conduct their day-to-day business or day-to-day life. I mean, we've got some fantastic ones and... Uh, You have to come and experience some more.
0: Definitely, definitely. So talking about experiences, what was it like to experience growing up near Shimla?
1: You're bringing back some nice memories. So um, it's middle Himalayas. Yes. Uh, It's beautiful weather. It's as serene as it gets and it is as quiet as it gets. Yeah, I, I mean, very difficult to put it in words. So Shimla's got culture, Shimla's got history and Shimla's got probably the most beautiful sunsets in the world. Really? I have spent hours together sitting, uh, you know, watching the shades of the mountains change every few minutes at the sunsets. You know, you you talk about um, all the colors that you see when you go to Northern uh, Lights. Uh, That's a great experience. But if you are watching sunset in Shimla. Probably the mountains change as many colours as anywhere else.
0: So you've heard it here first. Northern lights, it's gone, it's been done. The next thing to do is sunsets in Shimla.
1: Absolutely. That,
0: that's know. amazing. Wow. Um,
1: having a cup of tea and then watching the sunset is, is, just perfect. is just perfect.
0: Gosh. And you say how quiet Shimla is compared to sort of the hustle and bustle of Delhi, which we you know we can all imagine what the sounds are. But, you know, closing your eyes and thinking about Shimla, what are you hearing? What can you see?
1: Actually, nothing.
0: Nothing. Complete quietness. Um,
1: it's so quiet. So, uh, you know, I, I moved to Delhi, you know, of course, for for my job uh, about 20 odd years ago. Um, and every day I question myself, why can't I be back in Shimla?
0: Really? Um, but that's, <laughs> yeah,
1: people come to Delhi. There are people who love Delhi. Um, there are a lot of them who wouldn't want to go out of it because of the life that is there, the activity, the, the opportunities. And, and of course, Delhi has a lot of culture and history as well uh but there's a side of mine which would always take me back to mountains and i would love to go back and spend some time there
0: gosh the peace the quiet the just the the sort of the breeze going through that's where you want to be watching that sunset drinking your tea
1: watching the uh, beautiful toy train shug up to shimla station and um, just be there
0: the toy train we we haven't spoken about that that's probably one of the most famous things to do in shimla and
1: it is the journey is amazing it you know, the train goes through some of the most beautiful sites uh, over some very, very historical bridges, some very nice tunnels which were built more than a century ago. It has so much to talk about. But the experience is great. You are, you're also sitting next to some uh, local uh, people going on their daily commute and uh, getting to chat to you. Uh, more than happy to chat with uh, any of the guests. Um, and uh, quite an experience.
0: God. So why is it called the toy train? Well, it's
1: still narrow gauge. It um, still is a very small train. It doesn't have that many, um, uh, you know, cabins to, to go. And that's why probably it's more like a symbolic thing. Yes. Uh, but it still looks like a toy train. If you're you know, on a mountain watching it go through, uh, it looks like a toy train going around.
0: Gosh, wow. It makes you feel quite godly, I can imagine, sitting in, in the mountains, watching the toy train go up, feeling Absolutely. like a giant.
1: It does. It does.
0: So taking the train around India is an amazing way to to see the sights um, i've done the train from delhi to agra which was an experience the station alone is an experience it's just the noises the sounds the the whistles amazing and then you get on this train and you're You're chugging along the countryside and you see so much. So would you recommend doing a train journey within India as part of a trip?
1: So um, if you want to assault on all your senses, you should do a train holiday. It can't get better than that. Being at a railway station in India is is truly an amazing experience, as you rightly said. But yes, there are some luxury train holidays that we do have in India. Palace on Wheels is a name which is known. I think everybody knows about Palace on Wheels. And it's a great experience to be on that for six, seven nights. Uh, There's another one which is uh, Maharaja Express, where you kind of really live up to the name of Maharaja or or the royalty and travel for about six, seven nights. So it's a great option to have, but even if you're doing a short journey like what you did from Delhi to Agra, it's a great experience. And I would highly recommend that, you know, if you're coming to India, get at least one train journey, including your tour.
0: Perfect. So there's something for everyone regarding the trains, even if you're not a train enthusiast, it's something you should experience for sure. Yes,
1: because as you said, being at the station, going through the countryside on this train journey, and it's very comfortable, the trains are as luxurious as they get. Um, so you don't really have to worry about that. But the experience of being at the station, the experience of travelling with locals and listening to the chit-chat as as you do that two-hour journey or a, or a longer one is, is always fantastic.
0: Oh, amazing. So shimla was perfect and calming and, and, and an amazing place to grow up and then you took that move to delhi and as you've mentioned it's noisy it's in your face it's it's old it's new it's cosmopolitan it's traditional it's everything for you is there anywhere in delhi that you do sit back and go oh this is my this is my sanctuary this is calm or is it just a complete amazing frazzle of everything so Delhi's got
1: everything, uh, for, for everybody it's got something or the other, right? So if I need my peace in Delhi, I would go and spend some time at Humayun's tomb. Right. I don't know if you've heard of it, but Humayun's tomb is a beautiful structure right in the middle of the city. And in my view, it's even better than Taj Mahal, if you look at it from my perspective. It's, That's it's a so big beautiful statement, yeah. Big it statement. <laughs> um, and, and I can spend hours sitting there. Adjoining is a place called Sundar Nursery which has been recently restored by Aga Khan Foundation and they've done a fantastic job of it. Another place where you could just go and spend hours together and do nothing. So if you want mental peace, you know, go to Humayun's tomb, go to Sundar Nursery and do your stuff. But if you want real life, nightlife action, uh, there are enough options. Uh, In Delhi, you've got nightclubs, you've got some of the most fine dining restaurants that you could think of, uh, some of the best there, and the hustle bustle of the city um, to, to live with.
0: And you've got some fine hotels, some of the most fantastic luxury hotels with beautiful views of, you know, the iconic Taj Mahal. But you've also got these amazing local restaurants where I don't think I've ever tasted food that's tasted as good as in India, where I didn't know what I was ordering. And my lovely guide ordered it for me. I think that's probably one of the most, for me, what resonates the most is the people, but also... I mean, I can taste it now, that paneer. I can taste it. It's, it's fantastic. And like you said, there's so much to do. But food-wise in India, is there anywhere in particular that you think, is there an area that's got the best food or do you think?
1: That's a very <laughs> tough question. Um, like our languages, um, food changes, you know, cuisine changes every few hundred kilometers in India and changes dramatically. One thing in common is they're all very good. Yeah. So um, to say which one is my favorite, very tough choice. I would I would still go in for the um, avadi cuisine as uh, one of my favorites, which is a lot sort of kebabs and biryanis and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, food, of course, is something that we love to have. I mean, you, whether you are up in Punjab, in Amritsar, uh, where the food is so rich and so, so fine, or you In Rajasthan for absolutely different flavor. You go down to south where the food changes dramatically, but still uh, probably a very loved one. But coming back to your your point on hospitality and the hotels, I think yes, we do take pride in having some of the best in the world, staying at some of these palace hotels, Mm -hmm. even if they are small palaces or or, um, smaller hotels the kind of hospitality that you get in India is unmatched, not just from the structural perspective, but also from the service perspective. It's a different level altogether.
0: It it really is, isn't it? I think. And you said, so as you've said before, guest is God and that's what you, you live by. So it doesn't matter whether you're traveling from England or you're traveling from France or you're traveling from the north of India to the south, guest is God. And that's what and i think it shows doesn't it
1: absolutely i think that's that's culturally in 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 all of us and if you're in hospitality that's further kind of reinforced in in our working style and you could see that even in the smallest of the hotels and it doesn't request it doesn't require a formal training uh, to bring that out a lot of our smaller hotels that we uh, work with we make sure that the local people are employed around that's also from a sustainability perspective and, and a responsible tourism perspective. We try to employ a lot of people from, from around the places. But they have that natural empathy towards the customers. They have that natural thing about customer is God. Yeah. And that shows in their service. They, sh- they do the service with their heart, not with their minds. And yes. that's the best part about it.
0: Definitely. I think that makes your holiday, doesn't it? Or makes your trip, for sure. That kind of love that's behind everything.
1: Absolutely. In Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So talking about north and south what is the main difference would you say for someone who's traveling to the north who someone who decides they want to travel to the south is you know what is the benefit of the north versus the south in in your eyes
1: you know india's a continent as you rightly said uh, there's a huge difference between going from north to south or east to west. So between north and south, I think north is culturally very different from what south is. We have a lot of influence of um, Mughal architecture, um, the style of living, the food, etc., which which is coming in from there, followed by the British Im- impact on it. South um, is slightly different. So the impact is more from Chola dynasty. It doesn't have that okay. much of Mughal impact. The temples there are probably the most beautiful and amazing temples uh, in the world. It's a treat to be in Madurai and see the temples out there or further down near Tanjore or Trichy. Uh, they make such a difference and they're uh, they're unbelievable in the kind of architecture that exists there. You can't fathom as to how they were built and uh, when, when there was no technology and there were no machines. So that's r- remarkably different than what you see in North. So culture, uh, the architecture, the kind of monuments that you see in South are very different. While people are still very welcoming, there's a difference between the way you would interact with the North Indian versus the way you would uh, interact with the South Indian. I mean, North Indians would be more forthcoming or more open or, you know, a bit more talkative than South Indians, who would be a bit more reserved, who would be a bit more to themselves.
0: A bit and more laid back, maybe? Not
1: really laid back. Okay. I think that we will leave to Goa. Uh, (laughs) which is a beach destination and people like to take life easy out there but no uh, some of the best brains in India um, come from South India
0: so talking about Goa as we said a beach destination I don't think people necessarily think of India as being a bit of a beach destination but Goa is the perfect pairing for exploring India and then traveling down and, and relaxing so tell me what you can expect from Goa
1: just about everything. Um, so Goa is primarily two sides. There's a North Goa and there's a South Goa. So if you want a relaxed holiday, serene holiday, no noises, go to South of Goa. If you want action, go to North of Goa. So okay. so it's it's uh, something like that. But beautiful beaches, a very good nightlife, excellent place to be in. So um, highly recommended. So after your trip to India, where you've had assault from all sides on your senses, you want to now go and spend a nice beach holiday. Go down to Goa for three to five nights and come back to, uh, come back after a full round trip.
0: Perfect, perfect. That sounds like the, the perfect way to actually end a holiday in yeah, India, absolutely. rather than getting straight back on the plane and, and jumping home. I know.
1: It takes time to digest all the memories. So it's better to go and, you know, reflect uh, what you saw, what you felt, what you smelled uh, in Goa and, and come back then.
0: What better way to reflect though than lying on a beautiful beach? So Vinny as a touring company obviously what we do is escorted touring and being escorted means that you have a local guide why is that different to exploring india on your own what do you get from from the guides and and your team in india who you know provide this amazing holidays for us what is the difference
1: so let me just go back to the point that I mentioned about Atithi Bhava. One, our guides are not just regular guides who have been given a license to take you around. They, they do it because they're passionate about it. And the second thing is that most of our guides are from the area that you're traveling to, right? So they know it like their backyard. They, they are passionate about it because they're talking about their family. They're talking about their culture. They're talking about their, their place. And, and they give you the side of the story which you would normally not find anywhere, Right. Our selection of guides is very careful so we try to make sure that we have most of the people from the area that you're traveling to which which helps us deliver this special service. Uh, we, we have guides who sometimes take you to meet even their family members and, and have an interaction with them. So so that's what makes difference and and I think for from both our perspectives yours as a tour operating us as a, as your as your partners in India there are two people who make most of the difference for us. And one is our tour guide, and the second one is our drivers. Yes. And we take utmost pride in having some of the best in the
0: country. They have to be the best in the country. I have been traveling down a road which was completely clear, doing probably about 40, 50 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, swerve, cow. And I was... Where did the cow come from? How did you swerve? How did you see this? We'd been driving the journey to Rathambur. It'd been quite a while. We'd all been up early. And this. And I think maybe sometimes people overlook the drivers. They're fantastic. Some of the things they have to navigate and look out for on these journeys. And they keep you safe. They really S- do.
1: Especially the way we drive in India. I mean, <laughs> um, it's... it's um... It's quite an uh, adventure. I, I won't recommend anybody to self-drive in India coming out <laughs> from here. But our drivers are probably, uh, you know, the best drivers we have. Um, they are very well trained uh, and they're very attentive. And they're not just alert and attentive in terms of the driving. They are also very com- make sure that, you know, the guests are comfortable while they're driving around and um, take you from one place to other very safely and comfortably.
0: They often point things out as well. You often see them point to to the guide and go, "Look, look, look over there!" And then everyone sort of, you can see on on sort of the, the mini bus or coach, whatever journey you're travelling in, you can see people going, "Oh, the, the driver spotted something. What are we missing?" And everyone's cameras are out because they're they're essentially your version of a spotter outside of Rathenborough, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. And again, again, going back to it, they're passionate about it, yes. so they love to show you things around they they're not just there to drive you they they want to show you the things around so they also keep looking out for what is something that would intrigue you what is something that you would enjoy watching and if they do spot something like that they will definitely uh, you know tell the guide or tell the guest directly to look in that direction
0: definitely and i think the, the way we've said it before and we'll say it again people make memories people are a part of that they make your holiday and the guides and the drivers and from everything from the hotel service to, to everything that but the it's so important but i think the most important things are the guides and the drivers because they are the ones that are, you're learning aren't you you're being taught
1: absolutely so we are in the business of experience making right if we can't create experiences if we can't give you that experience and that lives with you for your life we have failed monuments everybody can show you experiences you, that's what lives with you and and yeah, you would probably look at a photograph and say, yes, I've been to Taj Mahal. But if you've had a great experience while you went to see Taj Mahal, that's what probably is gonna be better than just seeing a picture of Taj Mahal.
0: Yeah, and as you're talking about the Taj Mahal, the thing that's popped into my head, I was desperately trying to take a picture Because, you know, you're there and you want to take a picture of it, although you've seen it on pictures, you want to take your own. And this gentleman came over to me and he said, come, come with me. He saw me struggling. He said, come with me. And I was like, oh, okay. And I walked around the corner and he said, take it from, take it from here and I'll I'll take it for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And he came back with my camera and he showed me these pictures. And I was like, oh, they're good. And he's like, I can do better. And with that, he told me to look at the Taj Mahal. And I looked up and he took a picture of the Taj Mahal in my eye. Wow. And every time I look at that picture, it gives me goosebumps because this gentleman came out of nowhere. He helped me. And then he was like, have a lovely trip. And he won't know the impact he had on me. But that picture to me is, is amazing because, it, yes, it's very artsy, but that was me looking at the Taj Mahal. I wasn't just there standing in a picture. I was physically looking at it and taking in and someone caught that moment. And I'd completely forgotten about that memory until you sort of said then about the people and the guides. And,
1: Absolutely. And know, those are the experiences, right? That's, exactly. that's what is going to live with you for your life. Whenever you'll think about Taj Mahal, you will think about that guy and yes. you'll think about that picture.
0: Exactly. No, it's fantastic. And I, I might be biased, but I definitely think you, you provide the best experiences for sure.
1: I'm glad we can uh, do that, and I'm I'm hoping we can keep improving and have you back with us for some more of them.
0: <laughs> so we've spoken obviously about India because this is your passion; it's where you're from, you're representing it. But what's it like for you traveling to London? Obviously, we're in London today; the weather's lovely, but it's not always like this. Do you enjoy traveling elsewhere out of India, or do you think actually, no, India's India's got everything I need, and I, I you know, that's where I want to be.
1: Well, if it was for a holiday, I would still find places in India. It's so much different, you know, starting from Ladakh right up till uh, going down to Pondicherry or to East or West. I've been traveling um, over the last few months to various parts and, and I've really enjoyed being in every part of the country. But that doesn't mean that I don't love coming to uh, to your country. It's beautiful out here. I started my journey. This trip has been a little longish one and I started up from Manchester, went down, drove down to York. We went up to Glasgow, uh, beautiful countryside. Uh, I love to be here, but for a holiday, I would still find some very interesting places in India. Of course. My favorite one being Ladakh.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I've been there many times and uh, probably a different world altogether.
0: So what do you love the most about it?
1: It's just the terrain. It's just the the destination itself. You can't imagine it. Yeah. it it's got absolutely different, it's a contrast to what you can see anywhere else in the world. It's, it's an amazing destination, great culture, some very beautiful, uh, you know, sites there to visit uh, with, with all the monasteries and uh, people to interact with. So yeah, I I really love to be in Ladakh. Uh, Another place I would love to go is to neighbouring Bhutan, which is another beautiful destination, a country which has probably done the most in terms of preserving its nature, preserving its culture, preserving its heritage. A truly magnificent destination. Must be on everybody's bucket list.
0: After India, of course. Of course, after India. (laughs) (laughs) So one question that I often ask people when they're guests on the podcast is, is there a place in the world that's captured your heart the most? So I think I can guess your answer, but I am going to ask you. So where in the world has captured your heart the most?
1: Um, a very difficult question, but I think, as I said, I would still go back to Ladakh and spend a lot of time there.
0: Yeah, you, can, you can tell.
1: Truly amazing destination for me.
0: Well, thank you so much for being a guest on our Jewel Cern podcast. We really appreciate you coming over from India to to do this with us.
1: No, thank you. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me here. And I hope I can inspire some of our listeners to come over to India and um, and enjoy our hospitality.
0: I'm sure you will. Vineet, thank you so much for being a guest and we've really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much. Have a nice day.
0: Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of Passport 2 People and Places. Look out for our next episode where we'll be talking to more guests about the people and places that have inspired them the most. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please do get in touch. Thanks for listening.